The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 12, you read along with me. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass. Uh, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen and have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest on my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time this morning. I pray you'd bless uh, this this simple study and help us to understand the message of the church. Thank you for this time now. We ask you to bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we spoke about the mission of the church uh, a, couple of, a couple of weeks on that. And uh, I mentioned that uh, the mission of the church today is very misunderstood. And it's very confused. Across America we see churches doing good things. I'm not saying that a lot of the things that churches are doing are not good things, but they're not the mission of the church. They're not the primary things that the Lord called us to do. Uh, but the, the, just as the mission of the church is greatly confused today, so is the message of the church. Um, if you took the time to look, look at the television and I wouldn't take too much time to do that because there isn't too much beneficial there. But if you took the time to look at the many different ministries you'll see on the television, uh, you'll get many varying messages from the churches that you, that you observe. And the message of the church today is, is very confused. It's, it reminds me really of the, of the Tower of Babel. Um, the church should go forth with one voice and the church should should go forth with one message. And it should be the same message. Uh, if, if we are to, if we truly are to get the message of the gospel across this entire globe, then our message needs to be one. And it needs to be authoritative. Now, the only place we're going to find an authoritative message is right here. But hence, also, there is great confusion, is there not? There are many, many varying versions of the scriptures. And those 
different versions of, of the scriptures also present different messages, different pri- priorities. Uh, they stress different things, and they confuse truth. So it is very difficult, very difficult for people. Um, on my job, there are, there are many people professing to be believers, and I'm amazed at the many different opinions people have concerning the same issue. And this is because there are confused messages being preached by the churches today. Now, who do you suppose might be at the crux of all of that? Certainly isn't the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit reveals only truth. The Holy Spirit will only lead a person into truth, never into error. This confusion of the message of the church is the work of Satan. It is the work of the spirit of the Antichrist, which doth already work in this world. So this, this important, this important um, teaching on the message of the church, this is very important to you and to me as a believer. Um, it is our responsibility. Most people know the preamble to the Constitution of the United States. I was surprised one year in my high school class, I, I told my students I would give extra credits for any student who could quote the preamble to the United States. And my first, the first student that succeeded was, was our, one of our Russian children. Uh, yeah. She wasn't even a citizen. Well, she, she, she wasn't actually a citizen. She was adopted by Americans. But she was the first one to come up and cite the preamble to the Constitution of the United States. I told everyone else, I said, shame on you. Come on, let's get with it. But you know, in the Constitution... Uh, I'm not sure how many people actually know this, but in the Constitution, it states that if a government is corrupt and if a government is, is usurping undue authority, it is the responsibility of the citizenship to overthrow such government and to establish a new government. Did you, how many of you knew that? It's our responsibility as American citizens if, if necessary, to overthrow the government. Now, I'm not preaching them. I'm not teaching today, hey, let's overthrow the government. Please don't confuse me. I'm just stating that's in the Constitution. <clears throat> and as members of a church, do you understand it's our responsibility, likewise, concerning the message of the church? If Berean Baptist Church starts to publish a skewed message, it is the responsibility of the membership of you and me to set that right. Now fortunately and thankfully we have a pastor who I don't think would ever skew the message uh, in the scriptures. But it is the responsibility of the church to make sure that its message is correct. And who is the church? We are the church. You and me, we're the church. So it is our responsibility to know and understand the message that our church should publish. And it is our responsibility to make sure that our church adheres to the the authoritative messages, the authoritative message of of the scripture. So that's our responsibility. I want to make that clear. 
So the message of the church is it's more important than most people think. Most people come and sit in a church service and, and aren't even really aware of all of the responsibilities that they have as a member and, and of the purpose of what they're doing. The average Christian will come and sit in a church service and doesn't understand why he's there, what he's supposed to be doing, what he's supposed to be hearing, and what he's supposed to do when he leaves. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of confusing. And this is, this is what the devil wants to do, because if he, can, if he can succeed in confusing people as to the mission and the message of the church, then the church will become ineffective within the community, within the nation, and around the globe. So it's important. This is a very important truth for us to understand. Now, Paul, in the Bible, considered himself to be a herald, a a messenger of God. Now, a herald is a person who makes public announcements on another's behalf. Uh, A herald doesn't, doesn't speak their own opinion. Uh, that's why, listen, that's why it's not important for a preacher to stand up and preach his opinion. Uh, I remember hearing several years ago of a church in, in Rona Park, and the pastor on the Sunday morning told his membership, next week, don't bring your Bibles, bring the morning paper. And, and, and I'm serious. I won't mention who told me that, but Someone actually told me that, that the pastor said, next Sunday, bring your paper, because we're going to be preaching from the paper. And what was that pastor doing? Well, he was saying, I'm going to start preaching my opinion. <clears throat> you know, my opinion is worthless. Do you know that? We, we value our own opinions way too much. I, I, was, I was taught something years ago. I was told, unasked for advice is unwanted advice. But what are we? Well, we all have an opinion, right? And we think our opinion is so important that everybody needs to know. You know, when I stand up here to teach, each time I do, I, 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 I pray before and I ask the Lord, help me to keep my opinions out of your word. I'm not here today to, to proclaim my opinions. I'm here today to proclaim scriptural truth. And that's how we should live our lives. But Paul said he was a herald. And he was not preaching his opinion. Paul was, was, was preaching uh, God's word. He was preaching what the Lord had revealed to him. When he declares in Scripture that we preach Christ crucified, the verb that he uses denotes the herald's responsibility of blazoning abroad what he has been told to make known. Sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes it's hard to keep a message pure. Maybe you went through this little exercise. When I was in college, we, we, they set us in a big circle, and the professor whispered something into the ear of the first person who had to whisper that to the ear of the next person. And it went all the way around the room. And when it came back, it had been changed. No one would admit who changed it, but it had been changed. 
And, and, you know, down through the centuries, the message of the church has been changed. And it's because people interject their opinions into God's word. Now, it's very hard not to do that. It really is. I'll, I'll admit it that it's even hard for myself. And I'm perfect, so you understand. No, I'm not. But it's hard for us to keep ourselves out of the Word of God when we teach or when we preach. Paul declares Christ crucified, and, and, and he, he's using a word there, which uses the, the verb preach. He's, he's denoting the action of a herald. We herald the, the gospel of Christ, unchanged, unaltered, the truth of the gospel of Christ. When Paul speaks of our preaching, our message, He affirms that after the world's wisdom had rendered the world ignorant of God, it pleased God through the folly or the foolishness of preaching to save those that would believe. Uh, The world's wisdom has made men ignorant of God. Do you you know that? Um, You listen to these professors. You listen to these astrologers or should I say astronomers, not astrologers, uh, astronomers, and you listen to these physicists, and in their great wisdom, people, they have, they have ushered in a generation of people who are ignorant of God. Oh, they, they've heard about God, and they might even believe in the existence of God, but they're ignorant of the truth, they're ignorant of His Word, they're ignorant of His power, you know, recently I preached a message, um, they knew not God. And, and that was because, uh, that was because the, the, the truth that needed to be proclaimed had died out. And, and a whole generation rose who didn't know anything about, about God's word, didn't know anything about God's power, had never seen God's power, had never witnessed or, 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 or uh, been a part of the great works of God. And, and that's what we have today. We have, a, we have a world today that is ignorant of God. And, and, and Paul proclaimed that through, through our heralded message, through our preaching, the world will, 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 will know God. And God's elect saints will hear the preaching of his word and will be drawn unto the Lord. The noun he used, doesn't mean the activity of announcing, but the thing announced. So his emphasis is put on the the message that he proclaims. Paul, in his own estimation, was not a philosopher. He was not a moralist. He was not one of the world's wise men. But he was simply a herald of Christ. His royal master had given him a message to proclaim, and he was going to be faithful to proclaim that message. His entire business, Paul's whole business, was to deliver that message with exact and studious faithfulness, adding nothing, altering nothing, and omitting nothing. You know, sometimes we fail the Lord simply by omitting what he said. 
Sometimes our friends come to us, our acquaintances come to us and, and ask us help for questions, ask us questions or ask us for help. And we fail to tell them what they need to hear. We don't, we don't, we don't change the word of God. We don't, we don't add to it. We just fail to tell them what they need to hear. And sometimes that, that need, it needs to be said. You say, but, but I might offend them. Well then, well, then offend them. But offend them in love and offend them in truth of the, of the word of God. But we don't omit the truth of God. That's, that's not our, our task. Paul was faithful to deliver, not, it not as, an, as another of man's bright ideas, but as a word from God, spoken in the name of Christ, carrying Christ's authority, and authenticated uh, in the hearers by the convincing power of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writes, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, there's a problem when you sit in a church and you listen to someone preach or teach and all they do is talk about themselves. There's something wrong with that. I've said in many messages like that. I've gone to conferences where guest, guest speakers stood there and for an hour talked about how great they were. And... That is not our purpose. That is not the message of the church. So I would like to take some time today and, and next week and examine this message of the church. This is very important. You are going to... You may, you may never stand in, the, in that pulpit behind me and preach. You may never stand in that pulpit and teach. But you are going to carry a message with you when you leave this church. How many people live in Roanoke Park now? Anybody know? Steve? 40,000? 41,000. 41,000. How many do you think are going to come sit down and listen to a message in here? Not many. Not many. So, if the message of this church is going to reach this community, it's not going to happen from here. It's going to happen from here. Going out into the community and proclaiming the message of Christ. You are heralds today. Each one of you. You're a herald. And it is your job to go out and to make known the, the, the Lord's message, the message of Christ. So that's important for us to know. So what message are we going to take with us? Well, that's, that's of great importance also. So the message of the church is threefold. 
And I'm going to begin with number one today. Number one, first, we must preach salvation to a lost world. We must preach salvation to a lost world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes in verses 17 and 18, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now, as we studied in an earlier lesson, the church is given the responsibility to propagate the gospel. And to propagate means to multiply it, means to, uh, to, to make it grow. This can be done in a variety of ways. But methods are not the emphasis of my message this morning. Um, there are many different me- methods for, for doing this. And, and every church you go to probably has different methods. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to decide or, or gauge today who has the best method. I'm just more concerned that they have a method at all. Do you... Now, I'm talking about you right now. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm focusing on you. Do you witness for Christ? Do you give the gospel of Jesus Christ? So that's, that's the important thing. Paul said, Jesus didn't send me here to baptize. Now, what he's talking about here is, uh, listen, Jesus didn't send me to be a, a singer in the choir. If you sing in the choir, praise the Lord. Brother Gary's very happy for that. But you weren't sent here to sing in the choir. Uh, if you're an usher, you should ush to the greatest of your abilities. But Christ didn't send you here to be an usher. He didn't send you here to play with the sound buttons in the back. I've often stood there and said, oh, that looks fun. I would love to get back there and just play with that. But if I did, we'd have no sound system for about a month while Bob tries to figure out what I did. You understand, you're not here to, to make money. Christ didn't send you in this. We're not here to, to amass property. We're not here to entertain ourselves. We're here to preach the gospel of Christ. We're here to preach Christ and Him crucified. That's our message. We're to preach Christ crucified. Now that's the message of you. You, the membership, who are going to walk out the doors of this church in about three hours. Pastor will finish us up about one. And you who are going to walk out of here, that's your message. To preach Christ crucified. 
The emphasis of my point this morning is the fact that the preaching of the gospel is the primary message of the church. Each of us here today heard the gospel and believed. Did any of you here get saved without hearing the gospel? Anybody here just woke up one morning and said, I need to be saved? We all heard the gospel, right? I, I hired a man to work for my, with me and my father in our, in our family business. And, and I saw a great change in him. I knew him from high school. And, and I asked him, what happened to you? And he started witnessing to me. He started telling me of, of his conversion and of the Lord. And, and he began to witness to me. And I heard the gospel. And I went home. And I read the Bible. And, and, I was re- and the truth of God was, it was revealed to me by the Holy Spirit of God. I was quickened. I was made alive and I was born again because I heard the gospel. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, Paul writes, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We heard the gospel. Maybe you heard it in a church service, or maybe you heard the gospel over the radio. Maybe you read a gospel tract and you heard the gospel, or maybe you were in direct contact with another believer, but the fact is we all heard the gospel. But how did we hear the gospel? Well, Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call and him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Now, were we sent? Wake up. you got to listen to both ears, remember. Were we sent? Who sent us? Who? Christ the Lord. He sent you. He sent me. He sent the church to go forth and to preach, to proclaim as a herald the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Of all the methods that God could have chosen to deliver the gospel to his elect, he chose preaching. 1 Corinthians one twenty one. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And not just any preaching, but the preaching of the word of God. The message of salvation must be proclaimed. The church must take its voice and must make its voice heard in the community. And folks, it's not not that hard. It's not that hard to find someone that needs the gospel. How many of you have an unsaved relative? Raise your hand. There you go. That's someone that needs to hear the gospel. What are you doing to what are you doing to proclaim the gospel to that unsaved relative? Are you praying for them? What else are you doing? 
Do you, do you get a copy of pastor's message every now and then and on a CD and mail it to them? Do you, do you send them gospel tracts? Do you invite them over to your home for dinner and, and sit there and ask them and talk to them about the Lord? What are you doing? What are you doing to reach that lost relative? This is, this is, what, this is what it's all about. This is the church's message. I asked Bob the other day to make me a copy of the, the sermons I preached because my brother asked me, he always asked me, send me, send me a, a, a CD of your, of your messages or of your lessons because I want, I, want I want to get them and I want to get them to each of my children. I want to make sure my kids listen to them and I want to make sure my grandchildren hear them. You see, because he's concerned about, about them. Now, my brother doesn't really know what to say but he puts things in their hands that will give them the gospel truth. And you can do the same. You'd say, but I'm, af- I'm afraid. That's, that's the problem, is that we're afraid. It's okay, you can admit it. You're afraid. You're afraid of what they may say. You're afraid they might get mad at you. You're afraid. Well, I'm afraid too. And I'm sure pastor's afraid too. And we're all afraid to confront someone with their eternal state, but it's, it's why we're here, is it not? That's why Christ sent us into this world. Paul said not to baptize, not to, process, not to, not to baptize, not to start uh, food, shelter, food banks or, 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 or homeless shelters, not to do all these things, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Message of salvation must be proclaimed. Our message must emphasize Christ and must emphasize his crucifixion. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. It is this message, the message of Christ crucified, that draws the elect of God unto repentance and faith. In John chapter 12 and verse 32, Jesus stated, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Over the years, I've observed church services when when I'm sitting with my wife and I'll look around and over the years I've seen people visit us and come in and I've seen the ushers put a Bible in their hand. Maybe you've noticed this too and I've seen them sit in that pew and I've seen them open that book and I've seen them look at it and I've seen them just be drawn into it. Have you ever noticed that? Any of you ever seen that? They just can't seem to take their eyes off of it. When I was in the Air Force back in the 18th century, <laughs> no, when I was in the Air Force, I remember going through some difficult times. And I remember I had a, a, a friend who worked in the same uh, workstation as me. And he was, a, he was a Christian. He started talking to me about God. And one day he gave me a Bible and said, here, read this. 
And I, I took it to my room and I started to read and I just could not stop reading it. it the words of God drew me in, pulled me in. Jesus said, if I be, if I be lifted up, and by that He means if I be exalted, if, if you take His message <laughs> to the streets, if you take your message to work, if you take your message into you, with you out into your life, Men are going to be drawn to you. You know, on my current job and on my previous job, I didn't have to, I didn't have to go to men and, and ask them if they wanted to talk about the Lord. Um, I made it known that I was a Christian. I made it known that I believed in Jesus. And they would come to me. I'd have people come to me. When I worked in Petaluma, I'd have people come to me and say, Hey, could I ask you? Could I ask you a question about, about something in the Bible? And I tell them, look, I can't do it right now because we're not allowed to do this. But I'm going to take a break and I tell them what time and I'm going to take a break and, and that's my time. So I'll go outside. If you want to come sit with me, we'll talk. And they would. And they would talk to me about problems they were having. They would come to me for, for advice on something. And I would share the Word of God. The Word of God, when, when you make yourself that herald, when you make yourself the oracle of God's Word, men will be drawn to that. They will come to you. Problem is, our, we're so busy in our lives. We're so preoccupied with what's happening around us that we fail to take that message with us. And therefore, men do not hear. If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. In John chapter 10, verse 25 and 26, we read, Jesus answered them, And I told you, and ye believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Now listen, not all men are going to believe. Not all men are going to want your message. But Jesus said that men will be drawn to him. Those men whom whom God has called will be drawn to his word, will be drawn to his message. So we must proclaim this message. Again in John 12.32, And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Now, in that verse, if, if, you, if you're looking at it, the word men is italicized. Uh, that, that indicates that it was not in the original text. Anytime you see a word in the Bible that's italicized, that word was not in the original text. It was added by the King James translators to try to help us better understand the meaning because the Greek language is is different from the English language. They don't have as many articles. And so the translators try to use words that would help us better comprehend. So in the original text, that verse would have said, if I be lifted up from the earth, uh, and if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all unto me. Will draw all what? Birds, sheep, foxes, fish, no, all men. 
The original word used here is the Greek word pas, P-A-S, which means of all sorts. Of all sorts. It implies that it, it means men of every state, every condition, every age, every sex, every nation, Gentiles as well as Jews. And we know that this agrees with the context and agrees with the occasion of the words in Christ's passage. This would be logically, uh, this would logically suppose that the, the death of Christ was for a specific intent. It was to reach the lost saints of God. So this message that we preach is authoritative. We must preach Christ and him crucified. Matthew 5.45 That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So the message of Christ goes out to all men. And all those men who believe will, will be drawn to Christ. So our message is authoritative. It's, it's, it's to a purpose. It's to an end. This is not to be confused with the effectual love of God shown in redemption. Jesus said in Matthew that God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. God doesn't just make it rain on, on the home of his children. That would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? If your house was the only house in Roanoke Park that got rain. Everybody else is in the middle of a 10-year drought and you're getting rain. No. Rain, rain covers everyone. But it doesn't change the effectual work of salvation in the cross of Christ. Therefore, we proclaim that, that message and, and we proclaim it unto all men because you and I do not know who will or will not believe. I've had people tell me before, well, I've never witnessed them, but they wouldn't believe anyway. Oh, really? Do you know that? Because if you'd have known me before I got saved, that's what you would have said about me. You'd have said, oh, man, that beer-swilling, cussing, ogre, Dalton Abshire, he wouldn't believe the gospel. Forget it. That man would never get saved. Well, I'm glad you didn't have that opinion of me. I'm glad Mike Alpha didn't have that opinion of me because he witnessed to me and I heard and I believed. I don't understand it, but I believed. Romans 5.8, but God commended or exhibited his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ indeed died for all men who were drawn unto him. He was crucified for them. And this death was to facilitate the collection of them through the ministry of the apostles and ultimately the church and of their being brought to believe on him for eternal life and salvation. I have to finish up. There's a few more scriptures. You can read them later. But the message of the church is important. And you and I are the heralds that must proclaim that message. And the first thing that I want to say about the message of the church is that the church, we must preach salvation to a lost world. All right, folks, that's all the time I have this morning. I hope this was helpful to you. So let's leave here today and let's, let's be heralds of Christ and let's carry that message with us. Thank you for being here. You are dismissed.
Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.